0: I just need to figure out my purpose. I need to figure out my purpose. There's this path to purpose that we all want to be on. And I said, well, what happens when you get there and you know it, but you don't want to do it? Because that's, no one talks about that part. We all talk about the seeking. We don't talk about getting there and the actual, that's where the work starts. You know, there's a long journey to get to that, but stepping into the purpose, that's terrifying. It was for me anyway.
1: Ashley Ray worked as a journalist and loved it. After closing one particular case, She felt this internal shift and a sense of closure within her to explore something new. Completely unsure of what was coming next, Ashley went on a soul-searching trip. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots we make in order to keep moving forward. A chance meeting on a plane in Bali changed Ashley's life and was a pivotal moment in her new direction towards becoming a CEO. In the conversation today, Ashley shares her journey from journalism into entrepreneurship, how limiting beliefs have popped up along the way, and still do today, and how her natural curiosity has played such an important role in how she lives her life and has structured her business. Let's jump
0: in. I used to be a journalist before I started my Collective. I used to cover murder trials. So it was like Whoa. the opposite of meditation <laughs> <No> kidding. <laughs> further from what I do now, uh, in a small town in British Columbia. And I mean, I've I had wanted to be a journalist my entire life. It was my dream. And I reached this point where maybe it was like a quarter life crisis where I had reached this pinnacle of what I wanted in my career and won a national award and was covering the stories I wanted to be covering. And I just thought I'm missing something. Something's missing here. There's, there has to be more than this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my partner and I at the time quit our jobs, ended up in Bali. I think most mm-hmm. soul searching journeys end up in Bali. And we fell in love with these mala beads, these prayer beads. And, I mean, we didn't know anything about meditation. I was curious about it. I was curious. I did a lot of yoga, but I knew what meditation was. I just hadn't had a practice. Whereas most people assume I started the business because I love meditation, which is so not what happened. Mm-hmm. So, we found all these mala beads, bought a whole bunch of them. We we're flying from Bali to Thailand. And this beautiful hippie came up to us on the plane and said, Oh, your aura is so beautiful. Can I sit and talk to you? And long story short, she ended up being the woman that made the beads that we had bought. So it was this totally serendipitous collision of lives. And that moment was so life-changing in so many ways. And actually, not even just that moment, there's that's the serendipity, that moment. And then we go home Then there's the follow through. That was life-changing. And then there's this, Continual path of exploring: Am I good enough to run this business? And there were so many blocks there for me thinking I wasn't good enough. Good enough who am I to do this? But that—that that was a—that was a crazy pivot to go from be, being a journalist to an entrepreneur. And mind you, this is ten years ago when entrepreneurship wasn't—I mean, now it's pretty cool. I didn't know any entrepreneurs ten years ago. I didn't know anybody that owned a business. Everybody around me was saying, you're quitting your career because you met a hippie on a plane? Yeah. It's Mm. the worst that happens, you know? And so I'm I'm a huge believer in serendipity. I'm a huge believer in trust. And, you know, whenever I share that story, people go, oh, I just can't wait for something like that to fall into my lap. And I think that we have moments of serendipity every day. We have moments where we can meet people, that we can change their lives, they can change ours. I think we often go into that it's too good to be true mindset or we need to control it, Or, you know, whatever it is, there's a lot of trust and release and surrender and patience for that whole journey to have come to fruition like it has.
1: Of course. I want to jump back a little bit to a moment in your job as a journalist that made you feel like maybe you were ready to transition into something different. Do you remember a specific moment where, you know, meeting this woman on the plane who had made these mala was there any kind of moment or any pivot point there?
0: Yeah. So that's a great question. The last case I covered was, I mean, I say I covered murder trials lightly. It's not, I haven't watched a show on Netflix or podcast or listened to anything in that world since then, because it's so different to live the experience of it. And it's very heavy and it's very overwhelming and it's very overwhelming. I can't even use a bigger word than that. It takes on every, it took on everything in my life. I was obsessed with it. And I was, you're catching a glimpse into this version of reality that some people live that we all hope we never have to experience and the story that I wrote was about a little girl and I had become really good friends with her mom because we were there at the courthouse every day and at the end of the trial I wrote a story about this little girl's life she was very young and it was it felt very invasive it felt intrusive but wanting to pay this respect and honor and loved this little girl and sitting with her mom and going through all of her childhood belongings and her dance costumes and her figurines and her like little angel dolls. The mom said this was the most healing experience I've ever had being able to tell her story. Thank you. And that moment I was like that's my karmic cycle completed in journalism. Mm -hmm. There was something so finite in that moment of I experienced the deepest human connection with this woman, the most beautiful interaction through so much pain and through so much hurt and through so much fear and so much, so much anger and so many overwhelming emotions that that sentence in itself, I think is why I decided to leave journalism mm-hmm. and knowing, wow, how will I ever experience a human connection this deep and this beautiful and this, there, there was just something in that moment. I was like, this, I'm done now. hmm Yes, that would have been incredibly moving. It was very moving. And I mean, in a very humble way, it's not mm-hmm. that I was the best journalist and I had nothing else no. to learn. Of course, I could continue to learn. I could still be doing it and honing my craft, but it was that interaction that it was so beautiful. And it was also so heavy. and so weighted. Mm-hmm. So much emotion in it.
1: Right. You also just said karmic cycle. So for anyone yeah. listening, can you elaborate a bit on, just for anyone listening, I would love for you to elaborate a little bit on how that has played into your life and what that means to you.
0: Mm. I like how you phrased that. Cause I think these words can mean so much to, and it can mean something different to every single person that hears it. Mm -hmm. I believe that what you put into something is what you get out of it. And I, and I believe, I believe in karma that, you know, when you're good, you'll receive good. And Mm -hmm. that when you show up for people, you'll have people and energy show up for you. And it's, you put out what you want to receive. And I think there was something in that experience that I could close the loop for her even. That was such a gift that we gifted each other this closure that, to be honest, now I look back on it and I was closing a career, but I didn't realize it in that moment. And for her, I'm not going to say I closed all her pain. That's that's a naive thing to say, but she received some closure in that moment. I think we had gifted each other this experience in this moment of love and of kindness so I think about karma, I mean, I don't think about it in don't do bad things because bad things will happen. <laughs> like, right, I mean, right. yeah, I think that sometimes, but like generally be a good person. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, within that karma, I believe in serendipity. I believe in trust. I believe, you know, if I zoomed out even more, I believe everything is happening for us and there's a bigger plan. And that if we practice surrendering, like I was mentioning earlier, if we practice surrender, if we practice trust, that oftentimes that will unfold for us. But we're so, as humans, we just like to control and having this sense of control, is this false sense of security. And I mean, I'm guilty of it. I am not going to pretend here I live only by karma and woo-woo serendipity. I mean, I, I hustle and I work hard and I put it out there. But I also respect the flow of the universe and I respect that there's something bigger than me. Even starting this business, I've always known this business is so much bigger than me, I think, which is why it scared me so much. This business is so much bigger than me because I just get to be a medium. I am the medium for this message to pass through. I'm just a human that gets to bring this business to life. How cool is that? Mm-hmm. This, this isn't about me. This isn't about Ashley. This is about all these people that get to learn about meditation and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, that lens of journalism helped me to simplify and make it more accessible and bring a different lens to that storytelling. But there's something so humbling in that serendipity and that magic and in knowing that I'm actually this big and my problems are actually this big. And there's things that are so much bigger. So knowing karmically there's things that are so much bigger than me. And I wouldn't say I'm religious, but I would say I'm spiritual, but there's this spirituality or this deep knowing that things are so much bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And every year I, I go on a really big hike and it humbles me so deeply being in the mountains of this perspective, a reminder, I am this big, my problems are this big, how irrelevant are the things we get caught up in every day? Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to go to the Himalayas to figure that out, but I really like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can also figure that out by meditating for like 60 seconds. <laughs> I mean, there's so many ways to, to tap back into that perspective, but sometimes I like to shake myself out of it mm-hmm. because again, I'm human. I still get caught up in my little stuff, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. This is great. So I want to transition now into the business aspect of this. So you've met this woman on the plane. You are now kind of transitioning into, as you said, that medium you're bringing, you're essentially bringing products, but you're bringing a story, you're bringing a business, you're bringing a material, a product to people, but you're also bringing the idea of mindfulness and meditation to a huge audience, a huge group of people, a huge community that you're creating. So tell me about how you went from the heaviness and the weight and the
0: go, go, go of journalism into Mala Collective? (laughs) Well, I brought that same heaviness and weight into starting a meditation company, which is why I cracked really early on. (laughs) And I mean, um, people always ask, I think this is a really interesting question when you ask entrepreneurs like, when did you know it was time to go all in? Mm -hmm. And I knew it was time to go all in when I hated everybody and I hated everything and I wasn't practicing anything I preached. I was not living the journey of self-love that I was talking about. And this misalignment of values uh, was quite apparent to me. And you can feel it in your body when you're misaligned with something. So that moment was, that was a breaking open and this heaviness and weight. I mean, taking, when I reflect on that journey, the first few years, it's been 10 years now. So those first four or five years were really, really, really hard. And these last five years are a different type of hard. You know, I, I love my problems now. I'm grateful to have these problems, But the first few years, the biggest blocks I had were me thinking, who are you to do this? You're a journalist. You're not an entrepreneur. Who are you to run a business? Mm -hmm. And I look around and go, someone else should do this. I wonder if I can just give this to somebody because I am not good enough to do this. I am not good enough to do this. I'd be receiving these emails from people saying, these malas helped me through divorce. They helped me through abuse. They helped me through sex change. They helped me through these beautiful journeys and transitions in life. And I'd be sitting there Two in the morning in my underwear, eating Thai food, answering emails, thinking, oh my gosh, there should be somebody way smarter than me responding to this. There should be somebody that that understands this more than I do. And, and these shoulds and these shoulds and these shoulds kept coming up. And I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Someone else should be doing this. And that was the darkness of it. But when I think about the lightness of the transition from journalism, the thing that kept me going was curiosity. And I think that that's what's always kept me going is curiosity and not curiosity of wanting for the sake of wanting out of greed, but just curiosity for the sheer sake of curiosity. Mm. Hey, I wonder if somebody else thinks about meditation like this. Hey, I wonder if somebody else likes this meditation. I wonder if someone likes this product. I wonder if somebody else likes crystals. I wonder if somebody else wants to sit on something. And it was just, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. So there is these two polarities of, Hey, I'm not good enough to be doing this, but I'm going to let the curiosity lead me forward. And there was this breaking moment because I was, I was really weighed down, really, really weighed down, like every night in tears thinking I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And I was doing this meditation. This voice said, Hey, Ashley, get over yourself. Mm -hmm. You being fearful is so selfish because you're robbing so many people of something incredible because you're hanging out in this zone of fear, which you're really comfortable with. So get uncomfortable and get over yourself. And it was, I mean, kind of mean, but it was true. (laughs) And it was it was set with love, and and that was the moment of okay, get over yourself. This isn't about you. So there is there is so many interesting learning pivots in those those first few years, and even now. But I would still say that the the continuity of the curiosity has been always what's led me. And I think that curiosity is one of my values. I think it's such a gift to be curious. We're so curious as kids. I always joke. I was paid to be nosy as a journalist. What a gift to be able to ask questions and figure out how other people live and how people think and to find a relatability between us. And on that note of not feeling enough, realizing, oh, a lot of people don't feel enough. A lot of people don't feel X, Y, and Z enough in their life. And I carried that with so much shame and so much guilt for so many years and didn't talk about it with people. And then named a collection, I'm Enough, because it was my own healing Was designing our products and naming them because I was like, well, I'm going to use this, so I'm going to name it this. And then seeing how much it resonated with people. Oh, other people don't feel enough as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. But also, oh, wow, we're all in so much pain together. So, I mean, there was a beauty in the relatability of the human experience of feeling that lack.
1: Hey, friends, The Safe Haven will be right back after this quick break. I love that you were able to elaborate on the fact that you are very much still human and that there is that interconnectedness of emotion, feeling, experience with people that are ultimately clients, but the greater good, right? You're kind of connecting these dots, but I wanted to kind of weave into the acknowledgement of the get over yourself and the limiting beliefs of like, you're not good enough. Who are you to be doing this? You know, someone smarter, someone better, someone this, someone that, minimizing who you are there's such a reality in the fact that limiting beliefs come and go all the time. So putting you a little bit on the spot, what is something that you're currently working through right now, or what is a limiting belief that is still doing the weaves in and out of your mindset?
0: Oh my goodness. Like the top five I've had today or just <laughs> one in general. <laughs> Cause I'm there, are, there's a lot of them. I know. So I'm going to, I'm going to end this in two ways. So first going to the human side of things, I still have these limiting beliefs every day. And I would say as somebody with the tools that has been learning meditation, teaching meditation, I now coach people around this, I still have to use the tools to get through it. And I would say the difference between present day me and past me is I can close that loop a little bit quicker now. I can speak to myself with more compassion, and more kindness a little bit quicker. I stop that downward spiral of, oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm not good enough. I'm not the judgment loop, the judgment spiral. I can pull myself out of that faster. And some days I can't, Hmm. some days it overtakes me, but I know the tools and I can, I can share some of those after, but it still is a human experience to have them. So some of the limiting beliefs I'm having right now, well, actually I've had quite a few in the past year that have been quite profound. One would be a leveling up of purpose that Mala Collective is a big part of my life. but It is not who I am. And I think that there is, you know, when we connect oftentimes to our work as part of our identity, that our good days are results of the good days at work and our bad days are results of that day at work. And I've done a lot of work around that. And knowing that Mala Collective is bigger than me, I've been feeling this pull and this purpose to do something of service, to be of service in a different way. So last year... I've always had really deep visions in meditation since I was a kid. I had to go see inkblot tests when I was a little kid. So I've always had a lot of visions. Mm. For the past year and a half, actually before, since before COVID, I would have these visions of me speaking on stage, writing a book, doing all these things, and I just didn't want to do it. It just scared me too much. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I've worked with shamans, with oracles, with healers. They've all told me the exact same path of my purpose. And it scared me so deeply. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And I finally hit this breaking point in COVID where... I believe we all have a potential within us that we're a little bit scared of. I believe that we all have a higher purpose within us. And I believe that when we push it down, it gets louder. It's kind of like shoving a beach ball underwater. It comes back up. Mm -hmm. And I think I was doing that really well for a couple of years, pushing that beach ball down. And the visions got really loud. The voices got really loud. My meditations really shifted. I was having dreams every night. Any way these things could come to me, whether you believe in this stuff or not, like any way it could show up, it would show up in my life the point where it scared me so much that I hired a coach to help me work through it because I knew this was a purpose or potential calling that I was avoiding for so long. And I had a complete breakdown around it last year. I couldn't even speak because it was so overwhelming. I would just be crying when I would try to talk about it. And I spoke with a coach about it, this Buddhist teacher talking about purpose. Like we've all glorified this. I just need to figure out my purpose. I need to figure out my purpose. There's this path to purpose that we all want to be on. I said, "Well, what happens when you get there? And you know it, but you don't want to do it because that's no one talks about that part. We all talk about the seeking. We don't talk about getting there and the actual. That's where the work starts. You know, there's a long journey to get to that. But stepping into the purpose that's terrifying it was for me anyway. And I feel the answer he gave was so beautiful. He was saying when we're when we're stepping up and we're up leveling in any area of life, it requires a shedding. So it requires a shedding of identity." That shedding of identity can come with a shedding of friends, a shedding of family, anything that we've used as this protective layer around ourselves as identity, that we can lose a lot of that. And that's really scary. That's like, that's our baby blanket that we carry with us all the time. It's who we are. And so I had to go through this, this fear that's very difficult to verbalize. I mean, I can verbalize it now and I'm still kind of struggling with the verbalization of it. That I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And a lot of my fear was writing a book, stepping into coaching. Stepping out is the face of the company because I didn't want it to be about me. I wanted to just hide behind my laptop. I don't, This isn't about me. This is not about me at all. But realizing, oh yeah, I've I've been able to take a lot of meditation trainings around the world. I've been through a lot of therapy. I've worked with a lot of coaches and a lot of healers. Maybe I should share that. Maybe it is a little bit selfish of me to just sit on that and not talk about it and, and gift it to people. and. My fear was judgment. My fear was people are going to think this is out of ego. People are going to think she's supposed to be famous. People are going to think people are going to think people are going to think. And it was as, it was as little as posting my first Instagram post in like three years, which I mean, sounds embarrassing to even say there's that much fear around that. And people were so kind and people were so nice. And the messages is outpouring of, oh, wow, that resonates. Can you coach me? Hey, that resonates. Can I talk to you? Hey, that really resonates. I'm glad someone could say that. And then I thought, I can't believe it It took me so long. Mm. So that, that was a really, really, really big one. The big, I'm not enough to do this. And that was, And when I say I can help myself out of that hole a little bit sooner, that was like a year long journey of leaning on other people, because oftentimes we think we need to do it alone and we don't need to, we are allowed to ask for help. And there's so many people that can hold space for us in that journey. And I mean, to talk about like a smaller one, for example, now, you know, I'm in New York, as I mentioned and I want to grow the business. So I'm raising money and I'm meeting with investors. And that is validating and invalidating. It is a moment of, hi, here's the past 10 years of my life. Can you tell me it's worthy? Can you please tell me it's deserving? Can you please tell me it's good enough? And I'm trying to go into it as much optimism and gratitude and trust. And that moment of serendipity, I keep reminding myself, no, Serendipity is my superpower. It's my superpower. I will meet the right person at the right time, but I believe in putting yourself in the place to collide with that serendipity. So I, I trust being in New York right now is as low as some of the low days are and as high as some of the high days are, I'm putting myself in the middle of this place that I believe I'm going to meet the right people at the right time. And those fear moments are, what am I doing here? New York is so expensive. <laughs> why, this salad is $28. Why am I spending twenty dollars on a salad right now when I can be, you know, like just these little things that will send me into a spiral. I mean, when I do the conversion rate to Canadian, I'm not like, oh, and I don't have $30 salads. <laughs> but there is a lot of self-judgment that comes with this different form of leveling up. And I'm in it. I'm in it right now. Like this is why I'm here for a few months. And it's humbling and it's beautiful. And I have to call my friends crying every other day. And then I call them crying with really great winds every other day. So I mean there's still there's a lot of ups and downs. That was a very, very long answer. I hope that was okay. Oh, no, I'm here for the long <laughs> I'm here for the long answers. Okay.
1: You mentioned tools. So I'm wondering about you, the tools that you keep coming back to when you were mentioning that you still need to use these tools to speak to yourself, to work through the tough times. So what are your own personal favorite tools for clarity?
0: Yeah, so this is actually beautifully what I'm writing about writing my book about, which hilariously, when I poked my agent, I said, I don't think I'm good enough to write this book. She's like, I hope you realize the irony (laughs) that Mm -hmm. you're writing about becoming enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is your feeling. So I'd say there's a few things, you know, when you're sitting at, I mean, we've all sat at home, working at home during COVID, the simplest thing for patent interruption, get up and move somewhere else in your apartment or in your home, go for a walk, get outside and go into nature. I mean, not everybody has the luxury of just walking outside and going around the block, but if you can take Four minutes, go do that. Do some stretches, like move the energy in your body. So, I'm a huge fan of physical movement, huge fan of just removing yourself from the chair that you're in. It can sound so simple, but when I know I have back to back calls for the rest of the day and I can't go for a walk, I move from one part of the apartment to another part of the apartment. And it's just like, okay, it's a reset, not bringing that energy with me over here. Huge fan of gratitude journaling. I would say this has been one of the biggest tools in my life the past few years. Every morning I do gratitude journaling. And it shifts my mindset so drastically into positivity, into abundance, into possibility. And sometimes I'll just go back and reread that, or I'll stop myself and write out three things I'm grateful for, do some meditation, call a friend. Sometimes you just need those people that can love on you and say, Hey, I just need, you know, 12 seconds of reaffirmation right now. Do you you have a sec or In New York, for example, there's this coffee shop of really beautiful elderly men that get together every morning and they tell me every morning my skin is glowing and that my dress is beautiful. So now I walk by there every morning when I'm feeling low so I can get this like love from people that they're just so, they're just there to be kind and love. And it's so beautiful to allow yourself to receive love. And I mean, there's so many there. So what was it? Get up and move, get outside, do some journaling, do a meditation, call a friend for affirmation, write yourself a love note. Like there's so many beautiful things that you can do. I mean, doing some breath work, breath work is, can move so much too. So mm-hmm. you don't have to hire a coach always to do these things. There's so much you can do on your own. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this,
1: Ashley, being super mindful of your time. I have my three safe Haven style questions. You ready? Yeah. What are you most proud of?
0: Oh, uh, beautiful question. I would say, Oh, can I make it about myself? That was a really funny way that that's where I just went. (laughs) Oh, I feel kind of selfish saying that, but I also feel kind of proud. So I'm going to say it, just resilience, the ability to be resilient and our ability to exist through difficult things. And I mean that not in just me, but every entrepreneur and every person I've ever met their ability to just continue to exist. And I was in a yoga class yesterday. It was like 30 people and almost every single person left before the class ended. And I thought, oh, just remaining till the end can create so much beauty and there's years where we thrive and there's years where we just need to exist and show up and continue to exist. And there's so much power and just continuing to show up in the moments when you don't want to. So I would say resilience, um, almost like relentlessness, the refusal to give up when you truly believe in something. And I feel like for me, I would say the, the resilience comes from I'm so connected to the why that if it was for something else, I wouldn't. I would have given up so long ago. But a resilience, and when I see that resilience in others, it just, you know, when you just like feel like you see someone's soul and their spirit, mm-hmm. I feel like I get that. Someone, I think I love that quality in people. I think it's, it is gritty and it is hard. But I'm gonna say that that's what I'm proud of myself right now because I'm in it. I'm in the thick of it, having to bounce back.
1: Big time. And also, yeah. just for context, for anyone listening there's so many different styles of yoga class and pre-recording you'd mentioned that it was a the, your first hot yoga class in years. So for anyone who hasn't yeah. done super hard hot yoga class, staying to the end is an accomplishment and there is resilience and relentlessness
0: in there. So Yeah. I mean, it's a small win, but it's a win. It's you know? such a win.
1: <laughs> and the Shavasana at the end, especially if they bring around like a really beautiful, cold cloth on your forehead. Yes. It was beautiful.
0: Yeah. What would you like to be known for? Oh, I would hope to be known for helping others connect to their purpose and to themselves and to their enoughness and to their values and to their why in life. So inspiring others to connect to themselves. And if you had a message
1: for everyone listening, what would it be? Hmm.
0: I would relate it back to when I started the business and I looked everywhere else outside of myself for these qualities, and I forgot that I actually had them. So it'd be the reminder that everything that you are seeking, and that you are giving credit to others thinking they're better than me at this, you have it in you already, we all already have that thing that we're seeking within us. And that's where that enoughness comes from. And I think that we so often give our power away to others thinking that they know better than we do. When really, we are so powerful, we are so gifted. And if we saw ourselves we other people see us. I mean, I need that reminder all the time. So mm-hmm. that message would be, you already have what you're seeking, that you are enough mm-hmm. and you've got this.
1: Thank you so, so much. I need to make sure that I grab your socials. So where can
0: people find you? Find us at Mala Collective. We're a small team. We read every message. Please reach out and talk to us about mindfulness and intentions and karma. Um, and you can find me Ashley underscore underscore Ray, W R A Y. We do lots of free guided meditations. And, you know, there's a lot of great stuff out there. So, I mean, reach out. We love to hear from you. Thank you so much for being on The Safe Haven. Thank you. This is so great. Thank you for asking such great questions and holding space so beautifully.
1: Oh, you're so, so welcome. Ashley, thank you so much for being a guest on The Safe Haven. I've really appreciated your time. I can't wait to hear how this time in New York has shifted gears for you. I'll definitely be following along. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with this platform and I'm committed to creating a safe, brave and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends and share it in your Instagram stories. Please be sure to tag us at the safe haven podcast so we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow. For more great podcasts, check out frequencypodcastnetwork.com and I will talk to you next week.